Welcome to Her Wholeness Podcast. We're your hosts, Bridget Myland and Courtney Safor. Her Wholeness is all about the pursuit of becoming our healthiest selves in all domains of our life. We're on a mission to encourage and cultivate lives of freedom, purpose, rest, service, and sustained joy. We really hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Her Wholeness. Um, We're going to be doing things a little bit different for the next couple of weeks, so we're really excited to try something new. And as always, if you have feedback for us, please let us know. We love kind of adjusting and moving things around as people give us that feedback. So based on some feedback, we are going to be trying, at least initially here, and again, this is temporary, uh, but we're going to be trying mini episodes. So I'm going to be doing a mini series on organic for the next couple of weeks. Um, And that's going to be leading up to a super cool interview we have with some of our local organic farmers that I think is going to be pretty eye-opening, even for the people that already feel like they know a lot about organics. So with that said, we just want to jump right in. All of these episodes um, for the next couple of weeks are going to be like 30 minutes max. So I'm hoping, we're hoping if we can kind of condense them a little bit, get you able to listen in, Tune in, hang out with us for a little bit of a shorter time. Um, hopefully the less time constraint or the less time that we're taking away from you and everything that you're doing is better for you and your listening experience. So episode one on the organic minis series, we are going to be talking today about organic farming, um, what it is and why it's better. So I think a lot of people just kind of in general have the idea that We've been told over and over that organic produce is better, better for us, better for the environment. But what does that mean? Why is that? How is it better? Um, And so I kind of wanted to jump into the series, kind of giving a little bit more of an explanation of what does it mean to be organic? But I think that kind of stems from like at some point we got away from being aware or really even caring about where our food comes from. I don't know when that happened. I can't trace it back to a specific source in time, but it went from, you know, you knowing your neighborhood farmer or it's, you know, everybody surviving on local produce to now everybody knows they get their food from the supermarket. And I think that that's really kind of an interesting concept because a lot of times, you know, you know, you need an apple, right? So you go to the supermarket and you pick out an apple and it doesn't matter what time of year (laughs) that you're getting that apple, uh, but you're going to be able to get one. And so, it's it's very cool. Don't get me wrong. I love that. But it also makes you kind of question like, where did that apple come from? <laughs> is it something that's coming from literally overseas? Is it something that, you know, is coming from your orchard next door? Most likely not. And why is that? Why is it easier for us to get something from further away? And definitely comes down to cost and how it's cheaper. But I just think this is an interesting topic, Bridget. What do you think about the whole, like, where did it come from? Oh, I think it's super fascinating too. And then I think moving forward, so I would say like our generation, we have we haven't really known anything other than getting right. your groceries from the supermarket. And so it there's kind of an element of it I think that's like this this learned behavior that it's just what that's just what we do mm-hmm. and without a lot of questioning why that is. And I would say too then that has even like the label of something being organic and then it's more expensive, it makes you almost skeptical. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, <laughs> what does this mean? Like, it feels like a gimmick. 
So, mm-hmm. and, and I think that a lot of companies have kind of used it as a gimmick. And oh, yeah. so it kind of, I don't know, it's like not good for any of us. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And what I've found, you know, in a lot of my research and studies and just kind of going along this path that I have, a lot of times it really comes down to cost. So as I've mentioned before, where you vote with your dollar every day. So again, you're going to the grocery store and if you're not choosing organic produce, you're not going to see as much organic produce. So that's kind of been the explosion over the last 10 years. It's gone from like most people didn't care because most people didn't know what it is to all of a sudden now it's like a known fact that organic produce is going to be better for you. So there is better availability of it. And now there's more farms that have organic farming practices, um, which is really cool because you're heard by (laughs) where you spend your money. So going back to like imports being cheaper than, you know, getting produce from a farm that's down the street, it's because it's cheaper for a long time. It was cheaper to buy that kind of stuff overseas. And it still is. I mean, that's why, you know, we get a lot lot of limes from Puerto Rico or, (laughs) or just basically not from around here. So yeah, basically let's talk a little bit about the certification or that USDA organic seal. So that's what we look for when we're talking about something that's organic and certified organic. Um, So let me talk a couple about those points. So organic food must be produced without the use of conventional pesticides. So that's kind of the key one. Most people know there's going to be less pesticides or none at all on the organic produce. Um, Petroleum-based fertilizers. Sewage sludge-based fertilizers. So yeah, I want you to think about that one for a minute. (laughs) In order for something to be considered sealed, certified as USDA organic, it can't be grown in sewage slash sludge-based fertilizers. So what does that tell you about the things that aren't USDA organic? Are you putting the two and two together? (laughs) Terrifying. Like you would never think that that is even happening in the first place. Right. And see, and that's why I'm like, this stuff is so good to know. Mm -hmm. Um, It has to be free of herbicides, um, genetic engineering, So we talk about GMOs, and I won't dig too far into that um, in this particular episode, but I'm sure that's something that'll come up a little bit later Um, because we've all heard, you know, GMOs, genetically modified. What is that? Um, So we'll talk a little bit more about that, but it has to be free of GMOs. Antibiotics, growth hormones, or irradiation. Um, So a lot of times we'll talk about this also when it comes to, like, animals. So when we're talking about a USDA or organic seal on meat, it's animals raised on an organic operation that have to meet those um, animal health welfare standards. They can't be fed antibiotics or growth hormones. They have to be fed 100% organic feed. Um, and they have to be provided access to the outdoors. Once again, if you're thinking about that and what it means to be organic, what does that mean for conventional farming and those animals that are not <laughs> or don't have that seal. And I won't, you know, totally slam conventional farming. I do think there's a place for it. And when it comes to the abundance of food that we have access to, I mean, we do have to give credit where credit is due. A lot of that is because of the use of pesticides and because of the availability of the crops that are, you know, able to grow because of the genetic engineering that's gone into them. So again, I don't want to totally slam that because having food available (laughs) at 
the end of the day is really the most important thing. However, when we talk about our health and the best things for us, it comes down to organic versus conventional. I'm going to pick organic all day because these, a lot of these things that are saying, you know, aren't part of the organic process are things that are known to cause damage to you over time. So those pesticides we've talked about before, and I'm sure I'll dig in a little bit deeper to them later, but very toxic for you. Um, There's a reason the guys spraying the pesticides are in basically a hazmat suit. Those different kinds of fertilizers, who wants to eat something that was grown in in sewage? I don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if something, this is just the kind of a distinguishing thing that I don't really know the answer to. So if a label says, so say you're like buying, so for example, I have a box of granola in my closet right now that says it's organic. Mm-hmm. I didn't look to see if it has a like certified organic seal or if it's just like a label on a box. Can you, I don't, can, can manufacturers, can companies put that something's organic if it's not certified organic on the label? I think so. So I think when it comes to this one, um, it needs to say USDA certified organic for it to be a truly organic thing that is being monitored regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, However, it kind of goes back to that idea that people can put a label on something and it not totally be accurate. Um, So yes, I have seen a time or two where it'll say organic on it. And it's because there's an organic ingredient in it. Yeah. Um, but maybe all of the ingredients are, and that's why you're not going to get that label on it. Yeah. Um, so better to be safe than sorry. I would definitely look for the USDA certified organic. So kind of in the same boat though, um, you know, I go shopping at the farmer's markets. I've been at many different farmer's markets all over the country. And it's not always super easy for people to get a certified organic um, seal or for mm-hmm. them to have that certification. It does take time. It takes money. It takes resources. Um, and so sometimes people are really working toward it. Um, and that's why it's really cool to be able to actually talk to the people who are doing this work. And obviously, I'm so excited for that interview. I know. Mm-hmm. But you can't always talk to like the people you are buying the granola from, right? Um, so when they say organic, what does that mean? Is it just the main oats in there that are organic? Is it the whole thing? Um, if there's only like four ingredients, you're like, okay, well, I can kind of get a better idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I mean. Like you can actually ask them like, okay, are you just in the process somewhere? Because they can't put on their, you know, sign behind them that it's organic produce um, or certified organic if they're not. Um, but what they can say is that they do grow their food in an organic process. And then you can say, hey, okay, what does that mean? Because some people actually are trying but aren't quite there. So they still use some pesticides where they, you know, they just haven't met all of the check marks on the box. Yeah. So again, I'm always an advocate for <laughs> shopping local and knowing where you're getting your food from. So if you can, it's always good to ask those people too. Hope that's that really you. helpful. Well, that's kind of what I was kind of getting to about like just food labels. I think that <clears throat> I'm sure I'm not alone that I'm pretty skeptical mm-hmm. in how I'm advertised to and like what food labels say. And so if, I think that that could be where some of that skepticism in, in just even in organics comes from. It's just kind mm-hmm. of a general distrust of yeah. well, like, larger companies or food manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been duped. And then a lot of times it's like, oh, we we think we're making a good choice because I'll read like natural really quick or like, yeah, you'll see something like using organic, whatever. And it's like one one tiny ingredient at the bottom of the <laughs> ingredient label that's actually organic. It's So yeah, I mean, the companies are going to market in a way that 
is going to catch your eye when you're walking by and you're in a hurry and you want to grab something and you're trying to be healthy. So they'll do that every day of the week because again, it comes down to money. They want to make more money. And the best way to do that is to market to the people who are looking for organic produce mm-hmm. um, or organic products, I should say. So they're tricky and you're, you're right to be skeptical. <laughs> it hasn't changed much. <laughs> every time I read gluten-free on my Greek yogurt, I'm like, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I know. Why, why wouldn't it be? But same, right? So sometimes then it's like, it kind of triggers that like, well, wait, do I have something else? That's <laughs> something I should know. <laughs> yeah. Do I need to start looking at the ingredient list for Greek yogurt? What the yeah. heck? Uh, and then I wanted to talk a little bit about the, um, I think we've talked before and I'll continue talking for the rest of my life about the actual like direct health benefits of why um, organic products are better for you. But we haven't really talked ever about the environmental impact of organic produce and farming. So I wanted to kind of just do a little touch on that because I think we're going to be touching on that um, in the interview that we have coming up too, because they are the farmers that we're going to be talking to. They're very they're huge advocates for the regenerative regenerative um, organic farming. And it's just, it's such a cool concept. And again, not every farm does it. It's harder on the farmer because they're not using the same, you know, even machinery that people have been using forever. So anyway, I just wanted to say a couple of things about why it's better for the environment. Um, and it really comes down to bioavailability. So I'm not going to get too too sciencey or fancy, but I hope this makes sense. It's better for the environment because from an environmental standpoint, there's better biodiversity when it comes to organic farming versus conventional farming. So what does that mean? (laughs) So tilling and habitat management is a focus for organic farming. There's improved water management with organic farming. There's biological pest control for organic farming, and there's enhanced ecosystem services happening with organic farming. So on the opposite spectrum of that, when we're talking about conventional commercial farming, we're talking about typically in a farm, they're just growing one crop or we call it monocropping. So if you're only growing one crop, it depletes the soil of the nutrients and the minerals that are needed for that one crop, right? So you plant that crop, you deplete the soil a little bit, you get your crop, it's doing great. You plant the next set of crops, It's drawing those same nutrients, those same minerals time and time again, and you're not, you have, sorry, you're not generally replacing that until you have to. And then when you're replacing those nutrients and those minerals, it's coming from a non-organic form, right? So it's something you're forcing into the soil versus something that happens naturally. Uh, We're talking about organic farming. Typically, you have one thing that you're growing that is supported by the entire ecosystem that's growing with it. So if you're using, for example, biological pest control instead of just dumping a pesticide on there time and time again, the biological pest control is a better system ecologically. So you're supporting the bugs, (laughs) the good bugs that you want there um, by getting rid of the bad bugs that you don't want there. Um, It's a very complex process uh, that takes a lot of consideration. And that's why it's more time consuming. That's why it's sometimes more expensive. And so all of that trickles down. And when you get to the grocery store and you're wondering why your produce, because it's organic, is $1.99 versus 60 cents Mm -hmm. for that particular product, it's 
because of this. You're substituting labor and intense management for chemicals, if that makes sense. So you can't replicate the biodiversity offered in a healthy ecosystem. So plants typically have more issues with insects, disease, and weeds. So more pesticides, more herbicides have to be used in conventional farming. When you're using the organic farming practices or the no-till, and you're letting, basically having healthier soil because of those nutrients not having to be depleted Mm -hmm. (laughs) every single day, all day, all the time, dumping pesticides into the soil, making it worse and worse every single time. Um, No other plants grow, nothing else can support itself. So again, if you think of kind of like those crops coming up, you're just every time you have a crop, you're depleting that soil more and more ripping the nutrients from it, you'll get to a point where you're like, okay, well, we need to put some back in here. That's kind of the conventional side of farming. Whereas when you're thinking about organic farming, it's like a whole ecosystem supporting itself. So that's kind of the best way to understand the difference between like what's happening environmentally between the two of them. Does that make sense? Is that that's, that's super helpful. And it just makes me think like that depletion of soil is what then leads to us as humans needing to supplement different minerals that we're, that we're not, even if we eat a lot of vegetables, we're not necessarily getting all the minerals that we need. Yes. And I think that is definitely like a concept that people don't totally wrap their head around. And I think for a long time, again, it kind of goes back to like (laughs) generational views. I know some family members of mine initially were like, there's no difference. I mean, a a cucumber is a cucumber. They look the same. They taste similar. You can't tell me that your cucumber that's organic and costs more money is better than this cucumber. And yes, I can. (laughs) I mean, we can really trace it back to if you're getting, I mean, the quality of soil, right? I think everybody knows, you know, depending on where you get your fruits and vegetables from. So for example, um, an avocado in Hawaii tastes a little bit different than an avocado from a conventional farm in California. Why is that? The soil is different. And there, Hawaii obviously has very volcanic, nutrient-dense soil that hasn't been totally stripped over time. Whereas in some of the farms in California, that has been the case, right? They spray the trees with pesticides time and time again, and it's the same tree and it grows and grows. Um, now, am I saying that there's no nutritional value in that? No, which kind of goes back to my main point of like, I don't want to totally slam conventional farming because it makes sure that we have food on the table, but mm-hmm. I would take a Hawaiian avocado <laughs> or I would take a Californian one. This is making me think too about the aesthetic of fruits and vegetables that we pick out. Typically, if you look at organic fruit and vegetables, they might not be as pretty. Yes. They might, you know, they're not like a banana that's not organic. Mm -hmm. It's big. It's hearty, you know, and I'm thinking too, gosh, I'm going to throw my dad under the bus. (laughs) My dad won't eat farm fresh chicken eggs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the yolk looks weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a real thing. So like when you get accustomed to eating something that looks a certain way and then, you know, you're presented with something that maybe is actually more nutrient dense, more mineral dense, you know, that can be off-putting when it's not what you're used to. And honestly, at the end of the day, it goes back to marketing. So when we're talking about like, think of your traditional grocery store, 
every apple looks exactly the same. It's the same size. It's the same color. It's, or at least very similar. They're all stacked in a very perfect way because they're able to genetically engineer these apples to look a way that's going to catch your eye. That's going to be the color that you want to see. Think about the salmon that you find at the grocery store. Almost every single one of them, if especially if they're not wild caught, will say color added right on the label. What? Excuse me? Like, it, yeah. if you look at that, again, nobody looks at that <laughs> unless you're actually looking for that. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to like, it is, it is marketing because they want you to look at that piece of salmon and go, oh, look at how beautiful that color is, how healthy it is. But the fact of the matter is it's probably pure white coming out of the... <laughs> salmon farm that it came from, instead of having that really wild cut, caught deep orange color from it coming from an actual wild caught source. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it does come down to marketing. And it's so funny you're talking about the, the chicken eggs. I had thought about bringing that up because <laughs> again, it's like, it's a generational thing. And also I think there's like a little bit of stigma when it comes to the, the backyard chickens and how good they are for you. But it also is associated with a little bit of poverty. So back in the day, mm. um, you could you could get eggs at the grocery store, but they were a little bit more expensive. So a lot of people had chickens in their backyard and would grow their own. However, if you couldn't afford eggs at the grocery store and you had to have your own chickens, it was like, oh, it's because you can't afford to buy these eggs. You know what I mean? So there's a little bit of stigma when it comes to chickens. Interesting. I had a whole discussion with um, this elderly gal in literally the back hills, the back, sorry, not even hills, in the far back trees of Louisiana when I was there. I've been all over. I've been all over. (laughs) But we were talking a little bit about eggs because I had noticed that someone along the way, I don't even know how we got on the subject, but she called them yard birds. And I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. So she kept saying yard bird. And I was like, are you talking about chickens? And she was like, yeah. (laughs) And so she was telling me that she, she doesn't like chicken eggs from the backyard. She'll only get them from the store. And so I'm like, okay, I need to dig into like, why is this? And kind of the same idea. It started off like, oh, I just don't like like the way they look. They're sometimes the, the yolk's a little bit different. And she was like, plus, you know, I can afford to buy them at the store. And I was like, ding, oh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, and I was like, and wow. at this point, ooh, I feel like it's harder and more expensive to get them from people that (laughs) have chicken eggs in their backyard, but kind of funny. Totally. So yeah, your dad's not alone. But Mm -hmm. I think again, it's like, there does have to be like this point of coming around to it. I think my dad was the same way initially. He was like, well, why does it matter where they come from? And like the chicken eggs are, you know, and we could have a whole episode literally on eggs and why, why, I fully support knowing where your chicken eggs come from <laughs> and what's being fed to them. Um, oh, I would love to more know more about eggs. Oh, I feel like I, oh that might I be a good it. episode. Okay, good. Because I could talk about CAFOs um, and eggs all day long and how you get denied literally for having like one feather show up on your egg. And I'm like, it's funny. I've come a long way from like, oh, there's a feather on this egg to like uh, my eggs are covered in bird poop. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> let's go. I know what's in that yolk and I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywho, so jumping back in, that actually were the, the main key points that I wanted to talk about in this particular episode. 
because like I said, we're trying to keep these nice and short. The next episode, I'll be jumping in a little bit more to how to apply buying organics into your life. So just being a little bit more realistic about people's budgets and understanding that organic produce is a little bit more expensive. So when is it the best time to choose organic when you have a choice and your budget is tight? So we'll be talking about the dirty dozen and the clean 15. But as far as this episode, just to wrap it up, I just want to talk a little bit about what does it mean when we're saying something has a USDA organic seal, they have to meet those um, criteria that I mentioned, which were basically not having pesticides, not being, not using petroleum-based fertilizers, not using sewage, 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 sludge-based fertilizers, um, no herbicides, no genetic engineering, and no antibiotics or growth hormones. And so that's what it means when you see a USDA organic seal. And that's something that if some, a farmer or um, anybody who's providing produce to you or products to you, if they want to have that seal on there, it's something that they annually have to prove that they are um, doing, that they're meeting those standards. Um, So it's not something that they can just get a seal one time and then start doing whatever they want to. It's a continually monitored practice, um, which is good to know that there is accountability with that. And just kind of the idea or noting that, all of these things and the ways to avoid this is better for the environment. It's better for the animals. It's better for you as the consumer of the produce when they're using um, organic practices in their farming, but you have to understand the cost versus for them and what that means for you at the end of the day. So substituting chemicals for labor, basically you Mm -hmm. have to work a lot harder when you can't use some of these toxic chemicals. So I cannot wait. Um, I'm really looking forward to our interview with the farmers. I'm curious what that process for them looks like um, to kind of re... I'm coming off of the hospital I work at. I just went through our accreditation survey. So I'm like, have this full like accreditation lens on right now. And I'm really curious. So I'm calling it accreditation for this organic farming seal. I'm sure it's a different seal. Certification process probably is probably more what it's called. But I'm really curious what that looks like for them and kind of how they have to prepare and yeah. on-site visits or does that happen? So I have a lot of questions for them. I'm really excited. Yeah. Me too. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. And again, um, we're keeping these episodes a little bit shorter than normal. I hope that works for you. We're always open to hearing feedback. So let us know if you are liking it. Um, if you want to hear our longer episodes, because I think I could have put the entire organic series into one episode, but it would have been a really tight hour. And I also don't want to overwhelm people with, with this information. I was so. going to say, I think this is kind of dense, yeah, like a dense topic. So I'm glad we're splitting it up. I think it's totally nicer. To All right. <laughs> well, thanks. Have a wonderful day and we will talk to you next week. Thanks all. If you thought today's podcast was helpful, we would love for you to share it with a friend or write us a review. Thanks for listening.